to the Last Gen Podcast brought to you by Miracle Word Ministries. These episodes are specifically created with students in mind. More than ever before, we must know why we believe what we believe, build strong faith, and stay on fire for God. We know that Jesus is coming soon, and we're going to live like this is the last generation. Are you ready? Let's go. Well, well, well. The landmark Supreme Court case, Roe versus Wade, that protected abortions under the United States Constitution has just been overturned. This past Friday, the court ruled that abortions are not and have never been protected under the United States Constitution as a right, a natural right for the people. That's insane. A huge victory, a massive, massive victory for Americans, for believers, for Christians, and for the unborn. You, I mean, when I woke up on Friday, the, the amount of uproar that happened on social media was insane. Now, I think the, the overturning of Roe versus Wade is something that many preachers and many Christians have quote-unquote prayed for and, and believed for, but I, I question whether how much that we really believe that this would happen. Don't get me wrong. There were those that pressed hard for this, but I believe that there's many who woke up on Friday who prayed against it, who were very vocal, that were shocked that it ever happened. If I were to be honest with you, I don't know if I ever thought that we would see the end of Roe versus Wade in my generation, in our generation. Over 50 years of the federal courts upholding the quote-unquote right to an abortion, and now the legs kicked out from under it. Now, if you're joining right now and you don't know really what Roe versus Wade is, or you don't know really um, how a Christian or a young person should feel about Roe versus Wade and feel about abortions in general, this is the podcast for you. We're going to go over what just happened, what the heck just happened, what it means and what it does not mean, and then we're going to go over in, in the broader sense, abortion. And the issue. No, I think it was funny because I mentioned it either not this past week, but the week before when we were talking about gun control. I believe if you listen back to that, I was telling you guys um, that, you know, we're going to get more into these topics. And I believe that I said, you know, I, I really feel to do an episode on abortion. And that was before this all happened three weeks, four weeks before it all happened. Um, I felt to do an episode on abortion to talk about, you know, why it's why it's evil. Not just that it's evil, why it's evil. How should believers feel about it? Why should they feel about it? And we're going to get into that. We're going to have scripture today. Let me just prep the scripture. You say, Alex, you should have prepped this beforehand. Yeah, I should have, but I was worked up. I, I, I was, I'm prepared. I'm not unprepared, but I just didn't take down the exact citation. 
Um, and I didn't introduce myself. My name's Alex. On behalf of Miracle Word Ministries, you're listening to the Last Gen Podcast. Coming at you from Houston, Texas. Can you believe that we are coming up in a few months, three, three months? The one-year anniversary of the last gen. Wow. Can you believe that? One year anniversary coming up in three. I can't I can't believe that. Alright. I've got the scripture prepared. Ugh, it's in the new international version. I guess we'll deal with it. Oh, I can change it. There we go. Here we go. Okay. Here's the first question you may be asking. What is Roe versus Wade? What is Roe versus Wade? Now, if you're a young person and you got on social media um, this Friday and you were inundated with posts. Now, if you're anything like me, I went to a public high school. So a large majority of the people that follow me and that I followed, notice how I said past tense, um, were, were not Christians, not believers at all. Um, obviously ever since I started becoming very vocal on my Instagram about two years ago, very, uh, very, uh, vocal and very outstanding with my views, uh, the number of people that follow me that disagree with me very much declined because people can't handle the smoke. But, <laughs> but, uh, I still think it's funny because I, I know that there's a large majority of people that still hate follow me. And the reason I know is because I can see who sees my story. And it's funny because I know how they believe because they, and, and it's respect. Hey, respect to them for following me, even though they hate everything that I believe and hate everything that I stand for. Kudos. But if you were inundated with posts about Roe v. Wade being overturned, maybe all your liberal friends or pe- liberal people from your school were, were like in a, in a, it was a freaking, you know, disaster and everything was, you know, the world was ending, the apocalypse. And people are saying abortion is illegal now. Abortion is over. You know, these these tyrannical men just want to clamp down on our rights and it's my body, my choice. And you see all this stuff and I'm moving to Canada and I'm revoking my American citizenship and America's the worst country in the world and they're coming for your bodies and blah 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 blah. If you woke up to that crap and have no idea what this is, let me very, very, very basically lay it out for you. And, you know, just to make it super clear so I don't, like, go on talking about this for a while, I'll just steal the definition from, you know what? We'll read We'll read a credible source. I was about to click on, on uh, Wikipedia, but, but I'll click on a, a credible source. This is OES. All right. Okay, we'll read the uh, the question. This is the question in Roe versus Wade. So the year is 1973, correct? Nine, well, decided 1973, argued 1971, regarded 1972, decided 1973. So 1973, what was the question? What was the question in the Supreme Court? Does the Constitution recognize a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy by abortion? Does a woman 
Does the Constitution of the United States recognize a woman's right to terminate her pregnancy under abortion? By, by the way, the basic question of this case was, is abortion protected under the United States Constitution? And this is the summary from Wikipedia. Was a landmark decision of the U.S. Supreme Court in which the court ruled that the Constitution of the United States generally protects a pregnant woman's liberty to choose to have an abortion. So Roe versus Wade back in 1973 brought it. Now, abortion was not a new thing in 1973. Abortion has had been happening. But up until up until Roe versus Wade, the Supreme Court in 1973, um, before that ruling, it was up to the states. And now different states had different rules about abortion. Um, the southern states and the more conservative states would have, um, you know, a ban on abortion. At like a complete ban. It was illegal to have an abortion. While other states would have different rules. Well, they'd have the heartbeat rule, which, you know, they were much stricter back then. But the heartbeat rule and then, you know, late term abortions in some super liberal states and then, you know, midterm and just this week's and those weeks and not, you know, in this state, you can get an abortion at this time and whatever. And when the Supreme Court ruled um, on that case in Roe v. Wade in 1973, they brought it to the federal level and now it is it was protected against the United States Constitution. That means that states cannot say you can't have an abortion because it was protected at the federal level and 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 they said it was at, under the United States Constitution they basically interpreted quote unquote interpreted the constitution to say that a woman at any moment could kill her child in the womb and so that's what Roe v Wade was now fast forward to 2022 something that someone that nobody thought would ever happen the Supreme Court has ruled that that was never constitutional. And now, now I'll tell you what this does mean and what it doesn't mean. What this does mean. It's a huge win for Christians. It's a huge win for the unborn. It's a huge win for America in general. We're one step closer to ending the bloodshed. Abortion is the leading cause of death in America. I want you to think about that. Abortion is the leading cause of death in America. Not heart disease, not car crashes, not overdoses, not accidents, not diabetes, not cancer. Abortions. Millions and millions of children have been killed before they ever had a chance to live in this country what this does mean we are one step closer to ending the greatest stain on america's history to date i posted this on my story a while back you know because people get vocal when things happen like during the election people get political and then you know they stop posting and they don't know anything they just they get into it and then they have no clue and then they don't care. Like people will be all, all, you know, they'll talk about, you know, uh, LGBT rights during pride month and then they're quiet the rest of the 11 months. But I post, I, you know, I'm very vocal about abortion. That's probably one of the main things 
that I even stay in politics for, abortion. And so I posted a couple, <laughs> probably a year or two back, um, that abortion was the greatest um, sin, the greatest sin of America to date. Not slavery, not segregation, but abortion. And boy, did that make some people mad. I had people left and right just spazzing, if, that, if I can use that word, spazzing in my DMs. You're so racist, you think this <laughs> And I stand by the statement, abortion is America's greatest sin. Not homosexuality, not slavery, but abortion. Murder. The murder of unborn lives. Now, to this day, millions and millions of babies have been aborted. We're one step closer, and we are now to the point where states have completely banned abortion. Oklahoma has completely banned abortion. Texas is dang near close to completely banning abortion. Let me go to the, uh, the states that completely have. Let me show you this. Okay, here are the states. How many states have completely banned abortion or full ban to start within a month? Let's count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen states have either already banned or planned to, or, or full effect starts within a month abortion. Fifteen states. Now that's a huge win. That could have never happened while Roe v. Wade was a thing. Now let me, and then also one, two, three, four, five states expect to ban abortion. With a bunch of states unknown, and then a bunch of states expect to keep it legal. So what this does mean, it's a huge win. We're, we're one step closer. Every time we get one step closer, we are literally saving human lives. Okay? Babies are being born. I, I read an article that I was sent by my friend that right here in Houston, right here in Houston, one of the largest abortion clinics in the world, in Houston, as this law, as they were passing the law in Texas, uh, the abortion clinic was rushing abortions, getting women into the procedure, trying to have abortions as fast as possible, rushing to kill the babies before it would become illegal. And, you know, and this article was written from a left-leaning perspective, so they made it like a horror thing. Like, so, so this is what they wrote, like, um, you know what, I, you know, I'll read it to you. I'll read it to you. It's worth it. And I promise you, we'll get into the question. We'll get into two questions. Number one, how should a Christian feel about abortion? And number two, how or, or can you be pro-choice and be a Christian? All right, let me read this to you. And this is this is written from a left-leaning perspective. Pro-abortion, pro-choice. In the hours before the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, staff members at an abortion clinic in Houston, Texas, worked quickly to help, to help as many patients as possible before they were stripped of their rights. Then the news came in. 
Sheila, a staff member at the clinic, wiped her tears away and turned to the woman in the waiting room. Ladies, I'm so sorry to tell you that the law for abortion has been overturned. She said, we are, no, we are not able to perform any abortions at this time, but that does not mean you don't have an option. Okay? Some, listen to this. Bro, it makes me so mad. Listen to this. Some women stared into space speechless. Others broke into sobs. One patient clasped a staff member's arm and would not let go. Please help me, she whispered, offering to give her a stash of money in exchange for abortion pills. At... <laughs> So, we are literally saving human lives right now. That's a huge win. Now, what this does not mean, this does not mean that abortion is completely illegal in America. This is, this is where you will find who's stupid and who's not stupid because they'll post and they get all mad and they get all worked up. Abortion's illegal. No. Ro overturning Roe v. Wade does not end abortion. It defederalizes it. It it takes it out of the federal government's hands and throws it back to the states. The states can now decide. So what it does mean, what it does not mean. Now here's the question: How should a young Christian feel about abortion? I'll read you a verse in a, um, a couple verses of scripture. And then I'll let you decide. Is it okay for a Christian to be pro-choice? What really happens in, in abortion? Is it just a clump of cells? Or is it a human life? Are they intrinsically value? When does life start? Is it when they're viable? Or is it at conception? Is it when there's a heartbeat? Is it when there's brain activity? All right. Let's read this. Okay. So, Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist and Mary is pregnant with Jesus. Okay. Let's read this. Uh, Luke chapter 1 verse 39. We'll start. At that time, Mary got ready and hurried to the town in the hill country of Judea, where she entered Zechariah's home and greeted Elizabeth. When Elizabeth heard Mary's greeting, the baby leaped in her womb, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. In a loud voice, she exclaimed, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the child that you bear. But why am I so favored that the mother of my Lord shall come to me? As soon as the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. Think about that. Okay. So, Mary, being pregnant with Jesus, comes to Elizabeth, her house, who's pregnant with John the Baptist. And when Mary enters the room, and Jesus, through Mary, because Jesus is in Mary's womb, Jesus and Mary enter the room. Elizabeth is pregnant with John the Baptist. The quote-unquote fetus jumps inside Mary's womb or in Elizabeth's womb. 
Now, that tells you something. Is it just a clump of cells which you can you can kill at any time? Or is it a human life? The Bible seems to tell you that it wasn't a clump of cells that jumped inside of Elizabeth's womb. It was John the Baptist, a baby. And actually, the Bible says that John the Baptist was filled with the Holy Spirit in his mother's womb. So is it a clump of cells? If so, how can a clump of cells be filled with the Holy Spirit? If so, how can a clump of cells jump in recognition of the Messiah? I think it's very interesting. The thing that they do to desensitize our generation to abortion is they start with terminology. They start with, instead of calling it a baby, they'll call it a fetus. Instead of saying, you know, like, this is, this is the baby at this many weeks, 12 weeks. This is the baby at six weeks. They'll say, this is the fetus. It's not, this is an unborn child, this is a fetus. Why? Because it's depersonalizing it in order to desensitize you into thinking, oh, okay, it's okay if we kill it, it's just a fetus. It's not a fetus, my friend. It's a human life. I can safely say, and I don't know what, what liberal whack theology and whack indoctrination has gotten into young people. And I, listen, I'm not trying to t- talk to unbelievers right now. Listen, if you're listening to this podcast, I'm I'm going off of the assumption that you're a believer. But I don't know what whack doctrine and teaching has gotten into the church so that young people have some idea that God is okay with abortion. I can clearly tell you right now, and I can confidently state that God hates abortion. Why? Because God hates murder. God said, if one of you causes a young, one of these young ones to sin, it would be, it would be better for you if you tied a millstone around your neck and threw yourself into the sea. That's how, that's how, just if you cause a little one to sin, a young, a kid to sin, a child to sin. How much more if you kill him? God hates abortion. Abortion is demonic. I know these are things that are not popular to say. And I know these are things... Listen, and part of this, I want you as a Christian to not only know why you believe it, but I want you to... to grow like have boldness when you go into your public school listen i've been in that position where i was the only person who believed the way i do i remember there was a time i was in public speaking class in my junior year and we were finishing the year and we had a an end of the year debate and it was part of the public speaking class and the teacher let the entire class and this was a class made up of seniors, of sophomores, of, you know, there's like a couple freshmen and, and a bunch of juniors. So I was actually, I was a sophomore at the time because I skipped junior year, but I, I was a sophomore. And I remember they let, she let the, the class decide the topic. And that was probably a mistake for, on her part. She gave, you know, everyone could write it down in a thing and put it, you know, on a card and put it in a hat. 
And wouldn't you know, out of a class of 20 or 19 to 23 kids, the majority went, they didn't, you know, they didn't try to debate, is water wet? They didn't try to debate uh, Oreo, uh, you know, double stuff or just thin, I, I don't know. They debated, they put on the paper, abortion. We want to debate abortion. And hey, I put on that, on that paper, I want to debate abortion. Cause I'm, I'm, I was ready. I've always, I think ever since, you know, I've, I've been quote unquote political or not political, but had any attention, you know, put any attention into, um, politics in America or even, or even just moral, moral standards and, and have thought about it and put some thought into it and develop my beliefs and my standards and my stances. You know, that was like sixth grade that I, I started like developing my, you know, my standards, but I put abortion. I was ready to go. And I knew it, I knew it wasn't a popular decision. I like everyone wanted to talk about abortion, but how many of those people that wanted to talk about abortion were going to be pro-life? I'll give you a hint out of, let's say there were 20 kids. There probably were. It was 18 to two. She had a split down the middle in the class. If you're pro-choice, go on this side. If you're pro-life, go on this side. I proudly walked over to the left side of the room along with one other person. 18 other people stood on the other side of the room as pro-choice. Now, I know what it feels like to be the odd one out and to have have a belief system that not only do people disagree with, but people hate that you have. And on the other side of the, the class were, were some of my friends that, you know, that would be all buddy, buddy with me. But you can tell when, whenever you start standing for something that's not popular, the friends that you thought you had, you still are friendly to them, but they, they turn, they don't, they don't act the same. So it's not popular, but you have to, you have to buck the system. You cannot, because listen, you're going to have to make up your mind one day. Am I going to bow my knee to political correctness and bow all of my, my morals and my standards and say, okay, you know, or even just be silent about it. You know, being silent is, is being complicit. If your friends ask you this week because of all this, hey, how do you feel about that? If you're just if you just go, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I'm not going to get into it. So that's that's not you know, that's to me, that's that's more annoying than being pro-choice. Is being pro-life but too afraid to say it. I'm not I am not ashamed that I believe that it's evil to murder a baby. I'm not. I'm not ashamed. I will say that to anyone in any regard as harshly as I can. Because to me, it's not even a question. Is So from the Christian perspective, how does God feel about abortion? He said to Jeremiah, he said, and this is the one people quote all the time. People don't really quote the, uh, the Luke chapter 1. But Jeremiah, he said, Jeremiah, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you 
and I set you apart as a prophet to the nations. That shows you that God, before you were ever formed, think about that for yourself. Before you were formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. He had a plan for your life. He called you. He knew your purpose. He knew your personality. He knew what would make you laugh. He knew what you would like. He knew what would interest you. He knew the color of your hair. He knew the color of your eyes. He knew your height. He knew who your mom and your dad would be. He knew who, who your brothers and sisters would be. And before you were ever formed in your mother's womb, God knew you. Before that baby was formed in his mother's womb, God knew him. God called him. God had a plan for his life. And because the mother of that baby thought it was more convenient for her to kill the child, she killed him. Now, if you want to get on this whole thing of, you know, no, it was medically necessary, no. 45 to 50% of women who have an abortion have already had the procedure done. What does that tell you? That half of abortions are based on convenience. I I I would argue, and I I bet the you know if I pulled up the numbers, I've seen them, and I've you know I just didn't mark them down because I could cite numbers all the time. I like this whole this whole time, but when people bring up, oh, what about rape? What about rape? And what about incest? If you add up the cases of rape and incest, it is less than 0.01% of abortions. Most abortions are for convenience. That's the sad, hard truth about it. Not because it was medically necessary, because it's never medically necessary. You know, this might be getting personal, but my mother had a choice you know, you talk about pro-choice. Yeah, you do have a choice. My mom had a choice. When my brother Nick was was being born, they said it would it would uh, possibly threaten her life. And she said, "If you if you have to choose between me and the kid, choose the kid." And this generation, and others before us, abortion's not new. Abortion is a, a, a one of the favorite tricks of the devil, and I'll show you that from Scripture. The devil loves abortion. He's been doing it for a while now. This generation, when they cite reasons for abortion, their best reason that they can come up with is that oh, if I if I had this kid, and this isn't this isn't just at women. I'm not I'm not mad at women. Because men are also complicit in this too. But I want you to get a real picture of what's happening here. Because there's a lot of smoke screens and a lot of lies put up by, by these people who are pro-choice. Who say, no, it was necessary. No. It was, it's never necessary to kill a human being. And then, you know... Uh, when people say it's necessary, what, what, okay, what do you mean by that? Well, if I were to have this kid, I would, you know, I would be doing terrible financially. Or if I were to have this kid, I would not be able to finish college. 
Well, that is that necessary? Does that does that really? Now, okay, does that justify killing a human life? Your own son or daughter? Maybe no, I was going to say maybe we'll do a whole episode on like lie, um on lies about abortion. Let me know. If you if you want a whole episode on debunking myths about abortion, then hit hit up the last gen. Hit up Last Gen Youth on Instagram. L A S T G E N Y O U T H. Last Gen Youth on Instagram. So how does God feel about abortion? He hates it with a passion. How should you feel about abortion? Love righteousness and hate wickedness. Love what God loves, hate what he hates. You should hate abortion as a Christian. Why? Because as a Christian, this is the bottom line. It's not because we want to force our beliefs onto other people. It's not because we want to um, have behavior modification or we want to legislate our morality onto other people that aren't Christians and shove our religion down their throats. No, it's because as Christians, we believe in the sanctity and the, the divine value of human life. The intrinsic divine value of human life. The reason I'm against abortion is the same reason I'm against slavery. I'll say that again. The reason I'm against abortion is the same reason I'm against slavery. With everything that's within me. I believe in the intrinsic divine value of every single human life. And any movement that tries to minimize the importance and the the value of a human life is demonic. That's why Christians were the ones to end slavery. They said, this isn't right. This isn't right that people have rights over other people. They can choose. And if you think about it, abortion is the same thing to a worse extent. Minimizing a human being down to property or down to a clump of cells. They don't have any rights. They don't have any intrinsic value. We might as well kill them. Because they're an inconvenience. Let me tell you something. And this is getting off the rails because did it, did I actually think I was going to get a whole podcast in about abortion and it just been like a nice, well, let's, you know, let's talk about yeah, it's it wasn't. So, sorry if this is like all over the place. You know why this is a little bit personal for me? I mean, it should be personal for every Christian because you, you got to see, like, as a believer, you have to see through all the political jargon and through all the political, you know, stuff and understand what's happening here. Understand what the plan of the devil is. You know, my uncle has always um, preached this and it's always stuck with me. I think it's, 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 a, it's an amazing revelation. He had this and he said, you know, Abortion is not something new. It's something that the devil has been doing for years. 
when God is raising up a deliverer, the devil always tries abortion. Think about it. When God is raising up a deliverer, the devil always tries with abortion. In Egypt, God was raising up Moses to deliver his people from Egypt, who had been in slavery for 400 years. God was raising up Moses. What did Pharaoh say? Kill all the babies. Kill all the babies. Infanticide. Abortion. Kill the children. Kill all the babies. Why? Because the devil knew a deliverer was being raised up. Flash forward. Jesus is being born. What did the king say? Kill all the babies. Why? Because God was raising up a deliverer for his people and for the world. Now, the devil is saying, kill all the babies. Why? Because the deliverer is coming back on the scene. The closer and closer we get to the return of the Lord Jesus Christ, the more and more we're going to see the plan of the devil to reduce population. That's what the whole population control is. You know, people saying that this planet is overpopulated. Go go to the middle of America. Go to Idaho. You tell me if this this country is overpopulated, this world is overpopulated. Go move to Arkansas. Go move to Montana. Overpopulated. That whole movement, that whole globalist agenda, the devil is looking to kill all the babies. He's and, and that should that you should see it as that. Abortion is demonic. It's nothing less than demonic. God loves children. God made children. And can you be a Christian and be pro-choice? I don't know. I don't know how you, as a believer... You know, and I had multiple people swipe up on, on my story. You know, some, some of which who claim to be Christians. All I did was repost the, the... As soon as I saw, I reposted. Roe v. Wade was overturned. A big win for human life. A big win for America. A big win for Christians. And a so-called Christian, a self-proclaimed believer, swipes up, angry as can be. You misogynistic, pathetic, evil man. (laughs) Trying to, and this is a Christian, and then this was her argument. You can't force Christianity. Listen to this, and and we'll end with this. This is the argument. You can't force Christianity onto other people. You can't force your religion onto other people. Just because you believe that it's wrong doesn't mean you can tell other people what to do with their own body. All right, let's take this into perspective. All right. Okay. I'm, I, I hold certain beliefs because of my religion, and because of that, 
I, I can't really, you know, I can disagree with it, but I can't tell you what to do. And I can't, um, I can't let you know what you're doing is wrong and try to stop that. Let's take this and take it into another aspect. Slavery. Okay. I, 1820, whatever, 1790, whatever, 1840, 1850, 1860, whatever. I believe in my heart that slavery is wrong. Why? Because they're human lives. They're just as valuable. Black lives are just as valuable as white lives, are just as valuable as yellow lives, are just as valuable as brown lives, okay? All men and women are created in the image of God. That's my belief. So that's why I believe that slavery is wrong. You can't own someone as property because of the color of their skin or treat them differently because of the color of their skin. But, you know, that's just my religious belief. And I can't tell you that slavery is wrong because, you know, I shouldn't try to free slaves or I shouldn't try to outlaw slavery because that's just my belief and I can't really force it down your throat. Let's put it into another perspective. Let's say I live in a neighborhood and my next door neighbor, I know for a fact that my next door neighbor, the the husband and the wife are beating the child. Like outright beating, beating the child, the little boy, little girl, abusing them physically to the point where they have, they have bruise marks on their face. They come to school with black eyes. They've got, they've got cut marks on them. They're, they're bruised because their parents are beating them. I believe this is wrong, but it's my personal belief. And so I can't speak up against it because, you know, I can't tell them what to do with their own child. Let me ask you a question. If you saw that happening and you knew it was happening and you had any power at all to stop it, would you stop it? Yes or no? Yes, you would. If you loved people, you'd stop it. You'd do whatever you could to stop it. You'd, try, you'd make laws to stop it. You'd make laws to stop slavery. So get this crap out of your mind that, oh, you know, I hold my beliefs, but I can't really enforce it on other people. It's not the women that you're enforcing it on. It's the human lives that you're protecting. Stop, stop letting people do you decide that the conversation is about controlling women's bodies. It's not about controlling women's bodies. It's about stopping the murder of unborn bodies. People that have... When, a, when does life start? At conception. At conception, new genetic DNA is formed. At conception, there's a new human life. Genetically. The, the information, their eye color, their hair color, their skin pigment, the, the way their hair grows, their height, their weight, all of these things, genetic information, a new genetic uh, chain is, is formed. Not just a clump of cells, a new person. It's not about controlling bodies. It's not about controlling women. It's about protecting the lives of the unborn. So the, the conversation is very simple. Is abortion, is abortion wrong? I don't know. Is murder wrong? It's not a difficult conversation for me. I don't have to... 
You know, that's why I don't have to fumble over, oh, what, in the case of rape and incest. Listen, there, there are five, there are five, I, I'm not, you know, this is going to shock you. And you could take the sound, sound bite out. And, you know, this is, we'll, uh, let's just take this outside of the, uh, you know, I'll give, I'll give three. I, Alex Iaquinto, am pro-choice. I am pro-choice through and through. I believe in choice. I am so pro-choice, it's going to knock your socks off. I believe in three choices. Abstinence, motherhood, or adoption. I'm very pro-choice. You've got three choices. You can either not have sex and not take on the responsibility that this will but this gives me a chance of having a kid and this isn't just for women this is for men i'm very pro choice number 1 abstinence that's a choice number 2 motherhood you can have the child that's a choice it's a choice and it's a responsibility and it's an outcome of the first sex Little biology lesson. Sex produces children. Whoa. Crazy, right? People always say, you know, I'm being forced to have this kid. No, you you actually weren't forced to have this kid. Because if I asked you, was it rape? No. Okay, then you're not forced to have this kid. You chose to have intercourse. Knowing, hmm, even if I use... Okay, I'm sorry if this is like too adult for you guys. Even if I use protection, there's a chance that a child will be born. That was a choice. And now you accept the responsibility and the outcomes of that choice. So abstinence, motherhood, or number three, adoption. This one hits home for me. I don't know if you know this, but... You know, another person swiped up on my Instagram story. I, you know, it was very popular over the weekend. Um, <laughs> and I, it's funny because I know these people are still hate following me. They they let me know. They're like, I, I was, you know, one person swiped up and got so mad at me. And I just responded like, why do you follow me? Like this, because this wasn't the first time of them like swiping up with four paragraphs of like just hatred, you know, you, you bigot, you whatever. And then I just, I was just laughing at myself. I like texted her. I was like, why do you even follow me? It just seems to make you mad. I said, like, look, just for your own sake, like for your own sanity, like for your own happiness, either just like unfollow me or like just take a, just take a deep breath before you click on my story because it just seems to make you mad. They're still following me. It's funny. Um, another person, you know, swiped up and said, you know, you, you don't care about, you know, because people always, this is the accusation. You don't care about um, life. You say you're pro-life, but you don't care about life. You, what about the kids in the foster system? You know, what about them? Do you care about them? I started laughing at myself. I was like, oh, Lord. Lord, have mercy on them. They know not of what they speak. 
Someone asking me, do you care about the kids in the foster system? Well, you know, my family, my parents cared so much about the kids in the foster system that they bought two of them. And two, both of my little brothers are adopted from China. So, if you want to accuse me of not being pro-life because I don't care about kids in the foster system, you're going to have to take that up with my parents, my two Chinese brothers, and the Chinese government. Because uh, they not look like me. <laughs> it's funny I post on my story. If my parents adopt any more Chinese children, our family is going to be considered a threat to the United States intelligence agencies. <laughs> it's enough. It's done. Abstinence. Number two, motherhood. Number three, adoption. Very pro-choice. But none of those choices is to end a human life. Ever. Ever. So here's the question. Can you be a Christian and be pro-choice? I would say no. I cannot see someone who loves God being okay with that. You know, you should have some fruit as a Christian. You should start to love what God loves and hate what he hates. I very much would question someone who either is pro, you know, is, is for murder or even turns a blind eye to murder, outright murder. I would question their salvation. And I question the salvation of those who are okay with women and men deciding to murder their own human child. Plainly said. I don't know how, how more directly I could have put this. I'm sure as soon as I get off this podcast, I'm going to kick myself for not getting to something because I wanted to get to, to a lot of things. But we'll end with those scriptures. Look, Jeremiah 1, one, No, Jeremiah 1.5. God to Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you and appointed you a prophet to the nations. God knows every single one of those children. It's the devil that deceives people into thinking it's okay. Because let me tell you something. The statistics will show it too. If you check back in on those women who have abortions, most of them have serious trauma. Serious trauma. And regret. And remorse. And can't forgive themselves because they realize what they have done. Do everything in your power to stop that from happening. This should be one of your number one priorities being a Christian and a citizen in America. This should be the reason you vote. Now, I'll say this out loud publicly. I don't care. Whatever. I, and I don't think I'll catch any flack from our audience. But 
Tell me right now. I want an answer from people who said they could not vote for Trump because they couldn't bring themselves to vote for such a mean man. Okay. Um, Trump, you know, God is to thank for this. This is God's doing. He turned the tide in America. But if you want to look at a natural cause of why this happened, Donald Trump appointed the Supreme Court justices that turned the vote, that made the majority. If Hillary Clinton would have won that election in 2016, a this would have never happened. Impossible. So, this should be the reason you vote. I'm telling you, to me, all the other stuff takes a back burner. The economy, you know, and I care about, I care about, and I understand the economy. I understand law and order. I understand all these things. These, all these things are important to me. And Listen, you can't accuse me of not of being ignorant of politics. I I know politics. I understand. But all of these things take a back burner to me. Take the back seat. To me, number 1 is how, you know, and and I don't care how mean you tweet. If you tweet if you're a rough tweeter or you say some harsh things, How do you feel about abortion? And how do you feel about Israel? That's that's it. Seriously, that's it. What are you going to do about abortion? What are you going to do about Israel? And then everything else, and then how do you treat the church? That's it. And then everything else, obviously, you know, you want to vote for good fiscal policy, but that should be the reason you go to the polls. Those three reasons. Abortion, Israel, church. And obviously, like, freedom of speech, which is crazy that you have to... That's a political thing now. That that has to be on the ticket. That you have to vote for freedom of speech. Not like our founders voted for it hundreds of years ago. But you have to redo it now. Anyways, I hope I didn't yell too much. Thanks for listening. I hope this helps some people. I hope this opened some people's eyes. If you were on the fence about abortion, or maybe you didn't even... You you knew that it was wrong, but you didn't know why. You didn't know what was wrong about it, or you couldn't articulate it, and you couldn't articulate your thoughts to your friends. I hope this helped you. If you have any questions, shoot it to the Instagram last... No, no, it's not, it's not that anymore. We changed it. It's called Last Gen Youth. Last Gen Youth. G-E-N. Gen. Generation. Gen. Last Gen Youth. Follow us on Instagram. Shoot us a DM. Also, super cool. Uh, only announcement. Super cool. We now have a text list. I just announced it, and we've got 30 people already on the text list. 30 plus. I haven't even checked. Just a flood of people got on. But... You can be a part of the text list. What does it mean? I will be sending that. This is how you'll be up to date with everything happening at the last gen. Um, a new podcast drops, you'll know. 
uh, we're doing a, another Q&A, you'll know. We're doing a, a live stream. Like, let's say me and Preston decide to do a live stream. I'm just, I'm looking forward to doing a live stream with my, uh, my uh, South African friend, which I won't drop his name yet because I haven't really confirmed a date with him. But um, we're going to do a live stream with him. I'll let you know when that's happening. Basically, everything, when we do giveaways, you'll be the first to know. If you have any questions, you'll be able to text me personally. It comes straight to my phone. How do you sign up? Go to lastgen, L-A-S-T-G-E-N dot superphone, S-U-P-E-R-P-H-O-N-E dot I-O, I-O, literally I-O lastgen.superphone.io fill out the form give us um, your number and then we will enter you into our phone book and it will go straight to my personal phone now listen promise I won't blow you up but you have to promise not to blow me up you can you can you can by the way send in prayer requests send in um, questions this is this is gonna be how you stay up to date and how you stay like connected with with uh, with me personally um, and I think it'll be a great tool. So sign up, lastgen.superphone.io. Be a part of the text fam. Also, don't forget, we, we've just finished our second one, but don't forget, every single Friday morning at 7 o'clock Eastern time, East Coast time, um, in the United States, we're doing Friday morning Bible study. Listen, we've had a good group of just under 20 kids um, consistently jumping on and it's been great, and it's been, like, fantastic. We're going through the book of Acts this week. Um, not this week, this month. We're going through the book of Acts. We have a reading plan. We're going to, every um, Friday morning, we, we jump on. We talk about it. Obviously, we fellowship a little bit. We talk about what we read. We ask questions of the text, and then we study together, and we understand how to study Scripture um, and how to read our Bible so that we can effectively apply it to our lives. And then at the end, we take prayer requests, and we all pray together. Um, we took a, a, just a small portion of time to all pray in the Spirit together, and I, it was just a special moment for me. Um, it was great. So if you're already a part of that Friday morning Bible study, thank you. You are a true last Jenner. If you're not, you can still jump on. Don't feel ashamed that you missed the, uh, the uh, beginning. Just jump on. I'm tired. Listen, guys, I've got to take a nap, bro. I'm going to bed. I'm going to bed. So, two announcements. Join the text group, lastgen.superphone.io, and then don't forget Friday morning Bible study every Friday morning at 7 o'clock a.m. East Coast time. I love you all. Stay classy, San Diego. I'll catch you guys next week. Later. Thank you.